Hey guys, welcome to Cult Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, by the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. So let's just start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Thanks for joining us this week. I am your host, Cody Evett, and we really appreciate you listening. Do us a favor. Head over to our iTunes. Leave us a review. We'll give you a shout-out at the end of the show like we're going to do tonight because we have one to do. It's a really good one. Do we really? Yeah. yeah we, do. we sure do. The one I we sent sure out. Do. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so really excited good. to read this one. To this one. Make sure you stay to the end because this might be one of the most controversial reviews <laughs> we've ever had on this show. <laughs> It'd be worth it. It'll be worth it to stay to it the is, end. It is very shocking. Uh, then head over to our YouTube page. Subscribe there. Watch some of our videos. As always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wilbert. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Oh, hello, everybody. Tonight, we're talking about Something Wicked This Way Comes. Jack Clayton uh, directed this, came out in 1983, had a budget of $19 million, made $8.4 million in the box office, was filmed here in the U.S., and currently sits at a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Robbery. If you're wondering <laughs> what this film is about, well then, it's time. For plots with Mike. All right, something wicked this way comes. It's about two children. One's name uh, William Knight and Knight and some Nightshade. Jim Nightshade. You combine both people already. Yeah. Will Holloway. Yeah, that's a great start. Jim, Jim Nightshade. Jim Nightshade and, and Will Holloway. Dick Suck McGee. <laughs> Dick, where is what this the going? Fuck? Martini <laughs> Mike at it again. Anyway, <laughs> two children. Mike. Two children. Uh, young Nightshade. Uh, a little bit of a miscreant. Let's say that. Somebody yeah. that likes to look at the ladies. All right. <laughs> little it's one quality. Little yeah. of a troublemaker. You know, the, you know, the other kid, very nice. I feel like that's nice not a kid. defining plot Nice device. kids, no. but, but <laughs> has a very old dad played by Jason Robards. Love yes. him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, one day a carnival comes to town, a mysterious carnival. And uh, it is full of uh, your average carnival people, except there's one man. His name is Mr. Dark. He has magical tattoos that like move and shift like kaleidoscopes on his on his forearms. And uh, these kids, they as they are exploring this carnival, they know something's up. Something's weird. Something's going on. People are disappearing. Where the hell are they going? Yeah. Nobody knows. But they find themselves embroiled in uh, a, 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 an escape from this Mr. Dark, who's trying to chase them down for reasons. That we'll get into later in the episode. This was Kyle's pick. Yeah, that Kyle, was my pick. why'd you pick something this something wicked this way comes? Well, I picked something wicked this way comes because I loved this movie from my childhood. Me and my brother Ryan used to watch this movie constantly. I the the intro alone with the with the the headlight with the train is just iconic as hell in my head anyway. Yeah. And I've been wanting to do this movie so badly on the show. The problem is. This movie falls into a category of films that Disney chooses to kind of forget. They kind of put it in like the dark, dusty closet, kind of out of sight, out of mind, because it was from an era of Disney where they were trying some new things and trying to be a little more mature. 
and it didn't didn't really pan out so well. So I thought this would be a fantastic movie to jump into. We've already covered one movie that was from this era, from this dark quote unquote dark Disney era, which was uh, uh, Return to Oz. Greatest movie we ever reviewed. So. I thought this is a movie that's close to my heart. It's part of a really interesting era of film for for an organization as huge as Disney, and it'd be a great conversation. This is, yeah, this is like when Disney turned into the NWO, basically. Yeah. If you're gonna relate it, <laughs> it definitely went NWO this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For five years, they were like fucking. They were, let's, yeah, porn music is our fucking background. <laughs> they were NWO for life. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But what other what other films were in this besides just those two? Because I, I'm not familiar with I, this. I can tell There's, you some. Well, well, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Mike will help me out because he's actually seen a few more of them I than I like have. A shit ton of these. So the era is basically from 1975 to around 1985. Okay, okay. so, so there's a 10-year span? 10-year span. And it started with Return uh, or Race to Witch Mountain. Okay. And Escape Re- from Witch Mountain. Or Escape from Witch Mountain, sorry. Return to Witch Mountain is the sequel. Mm-hmm. The Black Hole... Um, my favorite, which is uh, Watcher in the Woods, which is oh, just yeah. a straight up horror movie. <laughs> it's creepy Love as that fuck. Movie. That's a creepy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you got that. You got um, um, uh, they tried to go animated as well with these kind of themes ones with the uh, what is it the Black Cauldron? Black is that Cauldron, right? Yeah. Black Cauldron, and then of course, like I said, uh, why, um, Return, Return to Oz. Oz, and then Tron is part of that group as well. Tron's the only one that made it, and is kind of respected out of that. Out of that weird era, and basically what it what it amounts to is all these films came together to create Touchstone Pictures. In '85, they funded Touchstone Pictures. They created this as just another label as part of a subsidiary of Disney that they'll just put these mature content into, and then they made Disney shiny, clean, and happy family this. family films. Yeah, yeah, they did the same thing with Miramax too, didn't they? No. What didn't they Miramax? Yeah, didn't they? Yeah, didn't they own Miramax? No, no, Miramax is is Harvey Weinstein's company that he put like you know Reservoir Dogs, and, yeah, like, yeah, thought... Pulp Fiction under, and then it became yeah. the Weinstein Company. Yeah, oops, did they buy him out. Dropping your battle axe, but just... sure. Nowadays they're doing the Mighty Ducks. I don't know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. But I don't think like my, I said... uh, Miramax is owned by his brother now. Right, they split the two companies up. The brothers split up. The Weinstein split, and then up for one sure. of them. But like uh, I said, this... is definitely not doing anything. This ever is just again. a really. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a super cool era of of I think it's a super cool era because it represents the, the you know the Disney which is you know the fucking what do they call it the House of Mouse mm-hmm. it's this fucking this this family company and they with this movie in particular just to ruin one scene there's a scene where we see the main character's head he can. Yeah, uh, decapitated, yes. sitting in a basket, and yeah. it's like, "Yep, this is a Disney film, all right." Oh, there was so many moments where I thought, "This is a Disney film, man." I miss this era yeah. of right? Disney. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't there like success with other films like The Dark Crystal and shit like that? And they were trying to that go was, that I mean, direction. The Henson, yeah, I mean, there were the, there were the Henson. <laughs> yeah. They own them now films. too. Yes, I think I think I think that was the goal. I think in the mid seventies and, and and up to the mid eighties, I think there was a lot of films, especially in the later seventies, that tackled ch- uh, like children's stories but with adult themes to it and were successful at it. Well, yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say, Dark Crystal was a dark movie, but I can't say that I would say that it has dark themes to it. Right? You know, like there's not really. It's not like like this film talks about like sex and shit and talks like, about like everything sex Death, and violence like, and murder yeah. like I mean the never ending story does anyone die in the never ending story yeah the horse dude it's yeah. brutal bro the, the horse, horse my god 
My God, the, the horse! I mean, the, but Bambi dies. Well, that's not Bambi, thing. but Bambi's. That's yeah, yeah, Littlefoot's like, mom. Yeah. You got to think about it too, like like previous Disney as well. There was always older Disney always had uh, a, a real life sense of danger or edge to its even its animated features. There was something oh, yeah. dark about it, and it was. I think it was like I don't know if it's like when Michael Eisner like took over at Disney. I, Probably had something to in eighty five, but it just became this kind of polished and this kind of happy family place where well, these kind of darker themes kind of push themselves slowly away. I, I will, I will tell you this. So my my girlfriend, she's obsessed with Disney, especially the park. Mm. Right, she's obsessed with it, and she she sends me, and I actually have come to to really like appreciate like some of the the failed things that Disney has done, especially when it comes to the park. Like there was a mm-hmm. lingerie shop right in the middle of Main Street on Disneyland for a long time that just sold lingerie. And there was a tobacco shop that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of weird things. I mean, like Captain EO is gone. Yeah. I mean, but I mean. But not everything was branded Disney at that time, I don't think, right? No, no, that like, was all fuck. I mean, that was Disneyland. Like, yeah, Disneyland, that's, when, that's it, a when, Disneyland when it first came out, like, was a complete, like, kind of a disaster on its first day, and then it just fucking blew up. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but I do know that, like, there were some rides that I, I just recently went to Disneyland a few months ago, and there were some rides where I'm just like, oh, yeah, that fucking happened in this movie. Like, Pinocchio. Does anybody remember when he goes to that island and then everybody turns into yeah, a donkey? He gets, yeah, he's, he's all drunk and shit. cigars and he's yeah. fucking drinking and shit. Like, that's still kind of on the ride, but there are other rides that definitely, like, kind of omit yeah. certain, right. like, things like, oh, yeah, that never really happened. Yeah. <laughs> we don't remember that part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, like, we don't really talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean... Like, for instance, like I, sorry. Paris the Caribbean, there was a whole the section rape. of it where it's 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 not so much a rape, but it, it's them auctioning off women. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they you're got right. rid of that. There's another one. There, there was a whole thing. Well, now I won't ride it anymore. That was the best part. There was a ride. There's a ride in Disneyland. <laughs> I always had. I always came with twenties. Where there's these two. <laughs> I don't take one. <laughs> there's these two boats, like it's a trade ship and like oh, like yeah. an old river boat, right? right? And you go down this river and you see all about the history of America. And like, there's this cabin that used to be there, and it was on fire, and it was these Native Americans killing these white people. I remember that. This is not there anymore. <laughs> they got rid of that shit. It's just a hey, look at the happy Holy cabin shit. off to the How left. How old is that? Because I feel like I it remember was, that. They put it in there during like you know like the sixties or whatever. Okay, they, so I never saw out. that. No, you you did see it. Okay. They actually changed it a few times, and then it was like they tried to do it where it was like, okay, like the Native Americans are doing something kind of funny, but even then people were kind of like, okay, now you just made them goofballs. Like, and this is, it's still them burning this house down. I distinctly down. remember, a, like, a burning house, and you see people in the window, like, <laughs> Yeah. And I'm now, like, yeah, they changed it in, like, the ah. 80s to try to to soften it up to make it less racist, but it's still pretty racist. This is the thing that's wonderful yeah. about Disney. I love finding these these little pockets of this company that's supposed to be the, the, the polished and happy family company. Well, all their animated films have, like, hidden shit from the animators putting, like, dirty pictures in there. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's, there's stuff Pot that they say. I mean, there's definitely some really, really racist uh, old Disney's cartoons. Oh yes, like and I think I think Splash Mountain still has two characters that people complain. About. I think it's like these two crows that are clearly oh, the black crows, southern black crows, yeah. and they're like kind of like hey, and they're doing this weird like shtick, like this like uh, right, right. What is it called? A uh, 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 minstrel show kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people have still kind of been like, can you take that shit down while you're at it? Um, <laughs> I think those two characters still exist, but I know that there's a bunch of Disney cartoons that they just threw into a vault. You'll never see them again. 
Yeah, because they were like they were they were they were straight up they were straight up like minstrel well, I mean, show and that's like kinda, character that, <clears throat> running around doing like dances. Warner and Brothers shit, did and it was like Warner bad. Brothers did like a lot of the same shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, they all, did all the you know. I feel like Warner Brothers times. is less worried about their image though than Disney. Is. Yeah, because they keep on putting out. I fucking mean, look at the movies, DC this, movies, the movies that that we're talking about here. The, these like you know ten to fifteen that are kind of in this era. Uh, of Disney films, like none of them have gotten a Blu-ray release, with the exception of Tron, because I mean that's got a following, and uh, Return of Oz that's got a following. Yeah, um, was this movie not th- on any platform as well? Like, well? It's on DVD. Oh, okay, I have but... it on DVD, but I had to. I when I got it, I had to purchase a out of print one yeah. because it was only in print for a short while. And the same issue, I think it's the same issue with Watcher in the Woods. That one you can find, but mm-hmm. it's DVD only. It completely stripped down. It's basically like a VHS transfer. Right. That's right. all you get. Uh, and here's the thing. I'm really surprised that Disney doesn't... I, maybe with their acquisition of Fox, this will change. Mm-hmm. Because if they continue to do something like Deadpool, which is an R-rated film, and they actually release it, I'm really hoping that Disney tries to say, like, yeah, there's a section of us that, like... See, I think it will be under. I think they're going to keep the Fox banner and put it under a Fox banner like they did with the other companies. But, I mean, like, right. people die in Avengers. Yeah. Like Avengers 2, yeah. like Age of Ultron, like Quicksilver dies. Right. Like you don't see bullet holes like piercing yeah. his body or anything like that, but people die. Yeah. yeah. So well, you're going to see jokes. that, though, and you're going to see that in Deadpool, though. So, and like you said, dick jokes and, and fart jokes. Well, and somebody, like somebody's dying in, in Infinity School. Oh, uh, yeah. I think they all are. <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet. Let me That's ask happened. you this question, though, real quick before we get even more derailed. We got, on we got Disney. real deep there. Sorry, guys. Uh, who has not seen this film before? Because I had not. I had seen it. You'd seen it? Yeah. When did you see it? When I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. Probably from Ryan. I am surprised I have never seen this. Because I've never seen of it. the films that, that Kyle mentioned, I have seen The Black Cauldron. I've seen The Black Hole. I've seen Escape from Witch Mountain. I've seen Return of Witch Mountain. I've seen all of, pretty much, Return of Oz. I've seen all of those films. Except this for is, this one and, and Watcher in the, the Woods. Woods. I have never seen those two films. Oh, I've never even man. heard of Watcher those in the, the Woods. Those are the ones that I, we always saw as kids. As yeah. a kid, th- that was on my, these type, type of films were on my fucking radar. And Not I mine. love these films because... I, I grew up watching horror films. My mom introduced me to horror films. So anytime I could have that kind of like kid aspect, like mixed a little bit with the horror, mm. that was always good for me. Oh, yeah. That was a that good, was the, that was a good That place. was gold, dude. And, yeah. and, and, and I have to say, like, going back to it now, like, I, I felt that nostalgic feeling, you know? Yeah. Like, ooh, this is why I liked Goosebumps. This is why I liked Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. This is why, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of... You're like, oh. It kind of shaped a little bit yeah, of your, of your kind of taste going forward. Yeah, I, exactly. See, and I, I've never seen it before, but I remember seeing the cover art in Hollywood Video, and I feel like it was on the third aisle on the left. Oh, yeah. And then it's on the left-hand side. Last aisle on the left? No, no, third aisle up. <laughs> Last aisle on the left. It's a great third film. Up. Last aisle on the left. <laughs> third aisle up, film left there. side. <laughs> third aisle up, left side. Oh, Apparently, this movie was like super hard to get made. It kept bouncing around. Different versions of the scripts were being written. A yeah. bunch of different directors were, you know, optioned for it. Well, I mean, Spielberg was interested. I, I could I, see Spielberg I think, doing this. I think, yeah. Ray, I think Ray Bradbury was like the last line, right? I think it was written. It was adapted by someone else first. Is that no, right? He wrote no, it. he wrote it. And he, then wrote, he wrote the novel and he adapted the script. The but I don't know that sure. he adapt. He was the first one to adapt. I don't the script. know if he was the first one to adapt the script. Is what I'm saying. Stephen King tried to adapt it, and it was, apparently it was shit. Okay, they're so, very yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, very different people. Well, it's a good thing he well, didn't. Too different. That's a good thing he didn't. Let's do this. He was let's, on coke, let's be honest. Take a break, <laughs> and when 
we come back, we'll actually talk about this movie instead of talking about Disney. Well, we talk about the backstory. Yeah, backstories with Kyle. Yeah, there it is. back we're talking we? we're talking about something this way was something wicked this way comes i can't say the something name of this, this way wicked it comes. comes it is a real yoda title it's a long fucking title too that you know that bugs me so negative one <laughs> uh, no Down one point <laughs> fuck this shit uh this was cos pick when did this come out chris i don't know 1983 83 fuck see it's important to know it's important it's important so i went into this blind i didn't look um anything up about this film right Okay, good job. Good job, host. No, and that was a great... No, that was a great way, I feel like, for me to go into this you film. You mean watching the film? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant actually doing no, no, the no, show. No, 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 no. This podcast. <laughs> and at, there, was, there was a point in this movie, and I want to talk, because we were talking about that it has adult themes, and we'll go into it yeah. uh, later. But uh, probably right after this, kind of lead-in. Um, there was a point in this movie where I text everyone, and I said, this is a Disney movie? Mm. Yeah. I remember that because it made me laugh. And now, I replied I, and I said, LOL, yes Everyone should have had that same thought at this moment in this film. Which which moment was it? I wanna, I'm on the edge of my seat here. It's when they're running through the graveyard and he sees his decapitated head in the fucking... Or is it the graveyard? No, Where they're, is running, it the, they're running through the fucking... Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's when they're running through, yeah. they're running through the, the, the fair at yes. night. Um, and Will sees his decapitated and, head. Yeah, yeah they, they come upon a random guillotine just sitting in the middle of... The fucking fair, and Will's head is in there, bloody. Yeah. Is it yeah. Will's head? It yes. is. It okay. was Will's head. Yep. I, yeah. I couldn't tell. I thought it for a second. I thought it was the teacher's head as a young when she was changed into a young woman. No, 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 no. it was totally Will's head. And yes, you're right. That's definitely the what the fuck moment. That's <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's a real Empire about, Strikes Back moment. Let's what about the effect <laughs> with the bones breaking in the hand? I mean, that was a little. That rough. was pretty yeah. brutal. I actually that forgot. That was fucking weird. I remember the head part, but I totally forgot but about that, that where he grips him, grips his hand, and just head was be- head was before the hand. Head was before head the was hand. Before the hand. But I remember the head from my childhood watching it, but I totally forgot about the hand splitting, which what, is like a weird. They don't have any sound thing. effect to it. They don't. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple things that they don't have sound effects to in this movie Which in general. Which like, at first I was like, I actually had to go back and rewind it a little bit just to be like, did that just fuck, like, did his yeah. bone come out or something like that? Yeah. Or just, mm-hmm. it was a, uh, I thought he was turning him older at first. He, well, they kind of. No, they were, he, he basically, he broke his hand, he, he broke the bone through it, and then the chick came over and slowed his heart down to the point of death. Oh god! So he that... could, so he could experience, so he could know what it's like when it comes upon him in for real. Dude, yeah, the, the, I guess like we should, we should ask the question: What makes this dark? Like, what? Oh my this god! Film so so much. Make it dark? What doesn't make it? That that is the <laughs> dude. 
Thank you, because that was, I was like, Jesus cripes, this is heavy themes, like, throughout this whole, okay, so yeah, you got the, one kid who's dealing with that, his his father, you're, I'm Abandonment issues. Is either abandoned, issues. either yeah. abandoned him or died at war, or just said, no, he's just abandoned, he's a drunk, he's a drunkard, and he yeah, left town. Yeah, he, like, he was a weird drunkard, who just so happened to save the uh, his friend. Yes. Yeah. Which the other father, who is, and this is the thing you don't really see a lot of, and actually, I, I gotta give this a, movie a credit. Yeah, never seen for this, this before. Uh, this theme never. In the film is the the concept of an old father, right. a father that has a child later in life, and now the child is growing up, but he is now worried about his own mortality and dying, right? And like not getting to see his kid. But this one takes it even a step further. It's not only that he might not see his child grow up, but that there was a moment where he could have saved his child from dying and didn't, and it was another dude that did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and yep. that dude just happened to be a shithead. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, because the father, the, the 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 main character's father, is scared of his heart. He has a weak heart. Mm-hmm. He's scared of his own mortality. He's scared of his weakness. And on top of that, he says, he says, he's like, unfortunately, I had a father who didn't think it was it was wise to teach his son how to swim. So he had no idea how to even fucking swim. So his kid gets swept up into this fucking river, and he just has to stand on the bank, weak. Old, scared, assuming and he can't he's do dying, shit. assuming right. his son is dying right. before. Before right. you even get into that, because we're talking about the kids in this, right? Mind you, that's the dad's issue. Now the kid is dealing with having being like bullied and made fun of for having an older father. The right. other one doesn't have a father, so he just makes up stories about yeah. having a father. A yeah. right. father coming back and bringing him gifts from yeah. from, from around the world. And like it's like this really, especially when the when that when that does happen, when the father does have the talk with uh, Will, yeah, like that, I was like, Jesus, cripes, man! Like we're getting yeah, he's dealing with some really heavy themes because especially the the thing he said he was like, this man did your father's job for him, which I thought was like that is a fucking heavy thing, heavy and then, burden to hold. Not yeah, and then not only that, not only did we drop those those bombs, but then you have like the religious aspect of this movie, yeah. Which is like pretty fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like very. It's that one's probably the most subtle. I would say they played on. Yeah, at least. But still, you get the you get the overtones. Do they ever say what year this takes place? Or no, you just this is to- definitely. Like fifties? No, early. I, I, I actually think this is like the twenties or thirties. I th- I feel like yeah. this takes place around the same time as like the Wizard of Oz took place. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably I say I'd probably say thirties, forties, early thirties. Maybe no one had a car that I saw. I think they, they had did. a car. They had there a car, cars. but they were they were kind of older cars. They were older, like a Model T kind of thing. Like thirties, twenties. Okay, so all right, but yeah, they 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 had cars, but it was a small town. But yeah, the way the the way the shops were. Designed the way the, the the costuming was in it, and the fact that you know a dude can just wander in town selling lightning rods and yeah. make and make a killing at it, like right. it's got to be it's got to be pretty old time, right? Let me tell you, you something. His sales running through the middle. Yeah, it's because his sales pitch was on fucking point. What do you mean? He could tell which houses were affected. Well, that's the thing I like about it, and it's something I think you missed in the when you're talking about like the the plot. Maybe we can just dive into it because yeah. like, I love how this movie. Opens up and kind of centers your kind your thought process around the lightning rod salesman because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the, the basically this movie this movie is like like met a lot of other movies based on books it's you know it's a narration by an older person who's reflecting back on his youth and he's 
going through all these things. I'm going to point out this to about you about the town, this person here. But the film really begins when he says it was also the autumn of the lightning rod salesman. And that is like a really fucking key aspect. And I love that the, the story kind of springs off that. And we follow that character and we continue to follow him throughout the film. And he ends up playing a, a minor role, but a major role at the same time. Well, that's what I was going to ask because I think it's pretty it's pretty prevalent that uh, was Mr. Dark. Yes. Yeah. Is the devil. Yes. And yeah. that I, and like, I, I took it as like he's the devil. I, yeah, I took it as lightning rod salesman was some form of an angel. Um, some form of I don't know if I'd say because he had what knowledge that he wanted from. That's true. That's yeah. He that he he's, wanted. He is like some some lo- some higher form. At least uh, we'll say he represents light, and Mr. Dark is clearly the dark. Yes, I do want. I, I want to give some credit to this, and this is a weird thing because I, I I rarely see this in movies. I'm glad that he got li- that that this film gets lightning rods correctly. Yeah, this is a really weird thing. So in all other films, like you see, like Caddyshack and stuff like that, like the the concept of a lightning rod is you put a metal pole into the sky and it attracts lightning. That's not what lightning rods rods do, right? Lightning rods are actually put on the top of buildings. And there's a line that runs all the way underground mm-hmm. so that when a lightning bolt hits right. a building, it doesn't do damage to the building. It hits the rod, and then the electricity grounds itself into the ground and disperses underground so no one gets hurt and a building doesn't get hurt. Right. right. And I've only, only seen lightning <laughs> rods ever being shown as, like, these attracting forces yeah. that, like, I want to... Like, even Frankenstein, it's like, I'm going to put a lightning rod into the sky, and it's going to come in to attract a lightning bolt, and, like, bring this... That's not how they work. Right. I, I had to give credit to yeah. a movie for doing this <laughs> time. It's, it's I, a I'm weird, glad, like... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're impressed by yeah. the accuracy here. I am. It, it's a weird... Uh, uh, it is a weird thing, but uh, you're right. What's you're his right. name? Uh, Ray Bradbury. Uh, yeah. Well, Ray Bradbury, but I was thinking, like, Miles De- uh, DeGrasse Tyson... Neil, oh. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse like that. Well, you know, his like, brother Miles. So. <laughs> Miles deGrasse Tyson. Everybody, Miles Tyson. Miles. Like, Neil is pretty cool, but like Miles is like Miles the real dude. See, Miles only got his he only got his associates in yeah. science. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a substitute teacher he, now. He was actually an expert in lightning. Another aspect I love, it, it also plays a character overarching the film, is the storm that's coming. Yeah. 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 Which... I forgot about in this film. I forgot that was a whole piece of this movie, and at the and even the ending, you know, with the tornado, like. But I loved it. I loved how like the closer the carnival would get, the more it would pick up, and you knew like evil was rolling into town. Yeah, and I got I got to give credit for like a Ray Bradbury thing. This is a very literary thing to do in a film. You know the idea. Oh, there's a there's a there's a doom coming, and it like like right. Lord of the Rings. If you watch yeah. it, like has that really. Like, there's a lot of foreshadowing of like, you know, there's a, there's a thing coming, and everything's representative of something else, and right, like you can see what it's what this sweeping storm is bringing in, you know, and and it, again, what the lightning rod salesman actually ends up becoming, which is kind of like in a weird way the defender. What he's peddling well, is, is he, a thing that actually is he like a Christ-like figure wandering I around? Think, I don't think a Christ-like figure. No, I think I like an angel. Like okay. I honestly think uh, like an angel. I don't, I don't know if I would say that. He's definitely peddling the thing he's selling. 
is definitely the defense against the well, darkness. That, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and he's he's obviously somewhat of interest because they 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 specifically target him out to like torture him to get information right. on the storm. Yeah, one so, could even assume the only reason they're in that town is because he's there selling. Yeah. Well, they come rods. on a train, so I also imagine. Well, and the book. In the journal, it says that they have been there before, so it almost seems like they 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 go there yeah. a certain time of right. of that's true. Like like there's a cycle to this, right? They come in, they come in the autumn of whatever. It's not yeah. every year though. It can't no, be every no, year. no, no, it's no, not no. every year. It, it's it like was, a generational it, thing. Almost. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a thing that people had forgotten at this point, yeah. and it was only shown in in, in his books dad, his the old the old father. So Mr. So Holloway, his father, his father dealt with it. So it would have been right. like it, it could have possibly and that's been like why, two generations. Because he yeah. talks about he talks about uh, in the movie, Mr. Holloway's deep dude. Yeah. He talks about in the movie uh, oh, shit. being raised being <laughs> raised about by his, his father who was who was a preacher uh-huh. who was and and talks about um, him always talking about demons, and then you find out later when he finds the mm-hmm. book that it, the demons are the circus, and that's what he was always preaching about in the house. So. It's uh, you know because his dad was always demons, 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 demons. Apparently, even his call says demons. What he says, like we had him from breakfast, lunch, and dinner. dinner yeah. yeah, because we had people like you for breakfast. Yeah, that was a freaky line. Yeah, there was a so freaky many freaky line. lines in this movie <laughs> that I'm like, this is great writing. Like I really so, was. I, I want to talk about something, Kyle, and maybe you can because you've seen this film. Yeah, a few times, right? Oh yeah. Okay. More. Than so here's few. the part that I that I actually was confused about. In the story, um, so uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Foxy Brown. Uh, Pam Greer. That was a great movie. Pam Greer flicked Pam his mic. Sorry. Boom. Boom. Pa- Pam Greer plays like this weird Spider Woman kind of character that is wearing this ring, and there's a moment where like the lightning rod dude is walking through the town, and she sees her in like a block of what seems to be glass ice. or ice. It was ice, yeah. Where, like, how did that? Like this is before the the train actually gets to town, so where did this artifact come from? I think it was I. I just always took it as it's it's something wicked is coming, and it's she is she is kind of the sorceress who's kind of uh, uh like kind of puppeteering a lot of the stuff. So she, she she's putting man- a lot of the actions of the of Mister Dark wants. So into- has she manifested herself in the town yes. before the train got there? I think so. She- it wasn't like a thing that some dude was selling for a bunch of no, years. No, 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 no. What what it was was that was the, that was the that was a funeral parlor that. That, right. was, that was the caskets that they were but selling. That's such but a she, weird casket. And I, to sell. And I like think a, it really, I think it really happens because I, I think it really happens as a way to uh, trap and take hold of the lightning rod salesman before the carnival mm-hmm. gets to town. It's to yeah. basically get his ass under lock and key, so that when they get to town, they can start to get you know find out whatever information they need. Which it sounds, seems like the information they need is when is the storm coming? Because it's a, for some reason it's a pinnacle thing for their. For what they're wanting to achieve, because I think they only have a finite amount of time, basically from now until the storm, to feed and collect and do what they so got to do. So it's just the first stage of like this possession, takeover of the I town. guess. There you go. Yeah, they they send her in, and they just happen to put her into the this funeral parlor. She, yeah, I think she okay. she makes her because she appears to Will's father as well in that exact, exact right, same spot. Right. right. So and that was that was the first sign of something's kind of fucked up in this town. Something's mm-hmm. something's feeling weird. There's okay. a weird wind coming in. There's an odd storm blowing in, and now I'm starting to see some crazy shit. And that's just kind of how it goes. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. Well, there you go. That was answered. Well, I mean, okay. he, even when he steps outside, when he it shows him going home from the library at night, he stops because he hears the carnival music in the distance, and like the. 
the moment where he's just kind of pausing and looking this guy seems like he's experienced it before is um can I ask this question because I can't remember right now the moment we're talking about with Will's father first sees the woman in the block of ice I guess it, it, it was was that did that immediately follow the scene where the flyers were getting tossed out because Mr. Dark arrives in town before the train does. Yeah, he does. Mr. Dark arrives in town like a day or two before the carnival too, and he starts throwing flyers out into, really the, starts... into the air, and that's Listen. when the same time that Pam Grier's character shows up with him. Listen, I knew something was up because I was like, "Listen, no one likes a litter bug, sir." Yes, sir, and, sir, and, sir. And, well, because you know I'm polite at first, but you litter my town. Yeah, I don't think that what? town really had a guy. Yeah. Uh, had a guy. Had what? a guy who can was I... standing up. Yeah, can I ask you a question? Where did all the women go? In what, the town? Yeah. There's a there's They're a there. there's a surprising lack of women. There is one woman The oh, mom. Well two th- moms. there's a teacher too. There's the two moms, the, the teacher. teacher. Yeah. But um, there's they, they there's make, some other women. They in make it. It. There's not actually like in terms of like actual characters. Actually, you know what? I, I think it's a pretty diverse like but I will but say no, this. They, they I will make say it, this. What? What? what because Cody's, there's not a lot of like. What I'm major saying, characters. no, no. I'm saying in storyline wise, they they make it apparent that there is a drought for the because the, the barbers like wanting some yes, ladies. Exactly, and I think I think this was by design. I think by design, you only had a handful of actual female characters on screen to drive home part of the, the what the barber's talking about is I need to get out of here. I need to get somewhere where there's some ladies. There's just nothing to be had but in this I, town. I, I, here's, can I say something? Th- this this is something that we don't know about because we live in fucking suburbia and we're like 20 minutes from a city. You know? Like, what must it have been like to live in a town where like a 50-50 shot of how many kids get born <laughs> determines how many guys or girls are actually in this small town? And right. then everyone else is like miles away, and either yeah. you leave the town to try to find no Tinder. Yeah, there's no. no well, I mean, like there's no Tinder. There's mo- no Tinder. Modern romance, which is like the, the yeah. The I, guys, I, I, can make, sorry, I can make. Buck. I can make my my range a hundred miles around me. Oh, yeah. Right. But he talks about this. He talks <laughs> it's not about hard to do in yeah. that book about like how like just a slider. Back in the day, he was t- the, the the book Modern Romance talks where Aziz and Sorry is like talking to all of these older. Like people, like where did you meet the love of your life? And he's like, well, she lived in my town, and she was like the barber, or she was like the 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 waitress over here. And he's like, did you ever think what was going on in the other town? He's like, well, no, it's like the town was far away. Mm. And he talks about how like how different it is dating nowadays because everything's like click away. You can like figure out who's in the next town by simply swiping left or swiping right. What I'm saying is, this exists in a world where it's a small town. And like, whoever's living in it is the person that you may or may not be spending your life with, right? That, yeah, that's well, a that, weird thing to me. Th- that's not only is that and weird. this guy's talking about yeah. it. Like, well, I wish there were more women because I could have a wife. Not, not <laughs> only is that a weird thing in the small town, but the bartender only's got one arm and one leg, and he's and he's and he's holding on to this this moment in time where he was a quarterback. Yeah. Which, like, let's be honest, this town does can't even make a sixteen team, like sixteen man yeah. fucking field. Can there's, they fill a sixteen man field? No, there's like, like five no people idea. that live in this I town. I thought, I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a quarterback at university. 
Um, what he, university? He, whatever university is near this town. Whatever bigger town has a university near this town. I thought. Oh, you mean six hundred miles oh, away? North <laughs> Northwestern. Northwestern. That was the university he was. I thought he was a player for Northwestern. He was. Which is another town or another place. And I think he lost his arm and leg during World War One. Is the best that I think I've always they, gathered they discussed, from it. Yeah. Well, then it has to take place in like the twenties or the thirties. Right. Because this is before World War Two. Right. All right. That's what I got from it anyway. Okay. So oh, right. yeah, there talk. we go. History, history uh, with Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> ta-na, ah, 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 ah. No, but I mean, there's just like uh, this town is a sad town, right? You got old dad, you got some skipped out dad, yeah, it's you got not, it's not you got mom who's who, mom who's introduced in bed at first. The uh, uh, Jim's mom, all depressed, all depressed, petting a, pet, pet a cat, and then you come home slutting it up. Oh, mom. I know, right? Old slutting it up, mom. Yep, she has a suitor. She's dancing with in the a living room. Suitor. Now, poor woman. And, I felt good that she went on a date. I thought it was great that she went on a date. Actually, I was like, that's the one happy thing in this movie. Well, is that woman? The, he was the only went on he was a one of five guys. That she could have went on a date yeah. with at that age. Or that or the creepy ass barber who's all just sniffing women and shit in the streets. <laughs> I, no, I, thank I you. Character the is, ladies, is I love the ladies. The teacher. The teacher's a fucking sad character. Dude, the way that's that's not her, a fucking character. Like, oh. She used to be pretty at some point. She was point. the pre- prettiest woman in that town at one point. Yeah. Now right. she looks like a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, we'll get into this. Like, I want to talk about like what Mr. Dark represents, like the promises he gives to these Represent, people. Uh, death, yeah. He represents <sighs> he represents your wants, but the bad the the bad that comes with them. It comes. It's with, very like much. Leprechaun. It's very much. It's very much needful <laughs> things. It comes with. It's the, very much needful It comes things. with the devil's deal, right? Right. All comes with the devil's yeah. deal. You right? guys ever like, seen? Ever read d- that book or ever seen that movie? Needful What's things. That? Yeah. No, seen, yeah. Yeah. yeah Stephen King as well. No. Right. And that's the same kind of idea. You get the thing you want or the thing that answers your desires, but it comes at a cost. It right. always comes at a cost. And that's pretty much what I will say the core of the story. That I think the teacher gets it the worst. Yeah. Which we had a conversation about yeah, that. We and did. I'm curious what the rest of the guys think on that. Because I was like, I mean, I don't think so. I, I, okay. Like, this let's is, talk about some of these guys, right? So there's yeah. one guy that wants women. Wants ladies. Wants yeah, a ladies. He's the barber. And he gets like sucked into, I guess, a mirror. And then he disappears, but he turns he turns into the bearded lady. He turns into a. He doesn't get lady. sucked into the mirror. No, he gets. He gets well, he doesn't get sucked into the in dancers. He's, he's, he's he gets so temp- tempted by. Right. All no, the he dancers. gets to, he gets to go into the tent with all of the beautiful belly the beautiful dancers. Beautiful belly dancers, they, and they all surround right. him, and suddenly he's nude in this tent full of belly Correct. dancers, and that's the last we see of him. Right, and then he turns into the bearded lady, lady, which I yeah. guess in a weird way he like. I guess he became weird, yes. He a, becomes a thing he desires. Right. There's the the guy that wants money and fit in 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 great riches. And he just disappears. He just disappears. I don't know where. No, he the, the guy who <laughs> oh, wants, he turns into an Indian. Yeah, the guy who wants money is the guy who owns the cigar tobacco shop. He turns into his tobacco uh, character. He basically turns into a Native American dude. So that's that's, that's, that's not a bad that's gig. That's not racist. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad gig. He probably bad gig. He probably got it the best. <laughs> but the girl, the girl, who, she turns into she wants she simply becomes wants the back, beautiful person that she is again. She wants she, is she wants to be the young self again, where with, she's pretty. With the with with the the understanding is that you will be blind for the rest of your life and you'll never get to see yourself. Yeah, that way. but she's yeah. still and pretty. I felt like that was the most Ooh. at least poetically. Yeah, I was thinking about this and I've decided who got it the worst. Who I've decided who got it the worst. Who's that? The person that got it the worst was Mr. Dark's <laughs> right hand man, the man who volunteered to become a child 
and then Mr. Dark died before turning him back into an adult. Can I say something? And he's stuck as when a child he, forever. <laughs> when he went on this carousel, so there's a carousel. Let's let, let Oh yeah, straight. we need to say that. There's yeah. a carousel that Mr. Dark owns. If it goes backwards, right, it can reverse time. If it goes forward, I assume it speeds up time. It speeds up time. Right? Is it time or age? Uh, age, well, time, I mean, same I assume time, time age. It's very similar to the um, to the the weapon used in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Very where, much, so. yeah, yeah. Where they devolve, yeah. Um, it's people. a devolve. It's a devolve gun. <laughs> yeah. It's a devolve. If it goes, if it goes backwards, you go yeah. from an adult to a child. If it goes right. forward, you go from an so adult it, to it, a decrepit bones it, like, or T Rex. They don't really explain what's going to happen to this dude when he gets on. No, the fucking carousel. So the whole time I thought it was he was a victim at first. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like he wanted to be younger because like who wouldn't want to be younger again? And then he took it too far. <laughs> and then I realized that he's actually like this weird like secret agent that it's is part going of to manipulate the teacher into believing that she's part of the, yeah like, to try to get her back into this, ma'am. You're uh, 98 years old. How the fuck you got a three year old nephew? <laughs> right, right, right. I but mean, but and then this is know, the way he's gonna no capture bounds. her and capture because he's looking for souls, right? Like yeah. this is the thing he's looking for. That's what they like feed on. W- when he gives these people their ultimate desires, he gets he's their stealing souls. their souls. He gets their souls returned. So yeah, which is also why I will say again, devil thing. Like I, again, I would say like I don't really know if I think the woman got it the worst because I think they all ultimately got well, it real shitty because they all basically on. ended up as mindless mannequins as part of this dude's fucking yeah, but carnival I feel like with her true. It be- it has this really weird. It has an irony to it that well, the other two don't have. Can I ask you a question? Written better, I guess. What do the little yeah. people get? What, what do you mean? mean? Because the little people are frozen little things. So you would imagine this is from one of the go around. These are people from other before. towns. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we, what, what I, I feel like we don't. What was their wish? <laughs> we don't. We <laughs> what don't, was their <laughs> desire? We don't get enough of backstory to like really figure out what they what were asking. That's their wish. <laughs> Not a good one. Yeah, I don't know. What, I know. I don't maybe know what they got been. it the worst. Maybe, I don't maybe, know. Maybe the carnival has ended up in a town that was just you know, it was just then like a lot of tall an, people. An yeah, guys, like I just, just listen. Had, just had an I have a lot of tall people. We have listen. we have short doorways here. Yeah. We have very short doorways. Well, here. We haven't figured out how to not cut doorways this bit. <laughs> We're living in 1923. The average height for a, a regular person is five foot three. A tall person is at best five foot nine. Yeah. We are and six we're all three. six foot seven. <laughs> we're all Jakimbe Batumbo over here. So like, what are we going to do? We'll put you on the carousel. <laughs> Little do they know if they just Shake ask for a longer life, they would all be centers for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. They say I want to be I want to be two hundred years old. You got a good life. They would have all me. been professional basketball players. Can I trust get- you. <laughs> life finds a way. They Can didn't I- know. <laughs> Can I get in my gripe about this movie? Sure. I, I do. A gripe. I like it. Yeah. Gripe. I do I like have a gripe about gripe. this movie. It seems very rushed. Rushed? At the yeah, on the last third of the movie. The climax of the film is, is like it's like climax over. It is like is it feels like it's rushed. Like you get this big story about the kids and all that stuff. And then when like you the wicked shit starts happening, it's like whoosh. When I something think, wicked actually this way comes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would be more fair to say that the uh, front half or first, middle, third is just a little slow. Because it, I think the back half doesn't feel rushed see, or fast to me, but I feel like uh, the front half is a little draggy. A touch. I, see, I disagree with that because I feel like the, the first half is entertaining. Like the first half, not saying the second half is entertaining either, but there's, it's like it happens so fast, it's like... 
Well, well I, I definitely want to go in when we get into the third break. Uh, when we talk about technical, yeah, I think the first because I think I think the first half is far superior technically than the second half of this film. But uh, in terms of storytelling, I I think I would tend to agree with Cody a little bit. It's a like it, it starts off like the first ten minutes start off real pretty solid, yeah. like in in telling the story yeah. of the characters because it's literary, yes. right? right? I I, de- I definitely feel like and it, if, if I'm not mistaken, whoever has the backstory on this did not Ray Brayberry have like a like he was arguing constantly. Him and Clark fought because Disney hired so basically Disney hired somebody else to do rewrites on the script. Uh, from what I read, uh, and Clark agreed to it, um, mm. and then uh, Bre- uh, Ray Bradbury found out about it and was like pissed. So then they just fought throughout the whole thing after that. See, because I, I definitely feel that there is how do I put this? So when a cinematic, when, when you're trying to transfer narrative, like like literary narrative, yeah. to like a cinematic thing it's a it's a it's 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 a really gray line like it's a tough line to to, to, to like oh manage, i agree and right it's another and i feel like this film in the beginning it there are moments in this film that feel real literary it feels like a, there are moments in this film where it feels like you're like the, the lines they're saying are straight really out of the novel the book, right and then like there are times where it's novel. just like all right now let's get through the next 10 15 yes. minutes and we're back to the book i agree like the best lines of the book like it does feel like it jumps back and forth between what they're trying to keep from the book and what they're trying to like change. Yeah. For the fact of like just move Disney this story or whatever. along. We we only have like an hour and a half. Like let's get this moving. And I feel like that was a fighting thing. Oh, I agree. I feel like this movie should have been like three hours long. I mean, I mean, people say this about like Lord of the Rings, but I feel like Lord of the Rings did that pretty well. Yeah. Right. I mean. Return of the King has like eighteen endings. So. <laughs> <laughs> like this film, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. Um, but I also think that, that part that you're talking about is especially the 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 part that I feel like they're straight ripped straight from the book gives it. And those are probably my favorite parts because it gives it this weird, even weirder feel. Like, cause you're I, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm watching a book. <laughs> like, well, you know gotta, what I mean? I gotta, Even the I've way they gotten, deliver the lines. I've always gotten like a strong like, and it's funny to say this because of who wrote it, but I feel like I get like this is like a darker Stand by Me intro. Yeah, like Stand oh, yeah. by Me, Stand by Me. The the narrative is good, and it it definitely brings that book vibe to it, and this has that vibe, but it just. It's just a little darker. It's a little more more, more depressing, and you're like, kind of like, what's going to happen in this story? Because this guy doesn't even sound very. He doesn't even sound very like happy about yeah about about talking about the town he grew up in. He just sounds kind of like I'm just re- who, recalling this. I was going to say, who really wins? What in this movie? Yeah, I don't know. Your dad's still old. Your dad's still not coming. Yeah, home. but dad, but da- but the the fact of the matter is, dad found a way to be okay with it. I, I, I so want- then. Then let me ask you this: Does that change who the main character is? No, because the main character of this movie is his dad. It's always been his dad the whole film. In a weird way, oh, it, it is, is the dad. Because I would always have said he says specifically, "This is more of a story about my dad than it is about me." Uh, the narrator, I would say, the narrator is the son. Kid. Yeah, well, is talking Will. about how my dad saved my life. Grown yes. up, yeah. yes, absolutely. That's exactly right. what this and, movie and is. And I think that is the, the if there's if there's a big character arc to be seen in this film, it's his dad. The dad it, has the it biggest is, character. Yeah. Arc. The how the son learned about his dad not saving his life and then actually ended up doing it. But is right. it weird 
then to have it, I, I, then there, your main character is an old father. Like you know what I mean? Nothing, not, nothing not wrong right. with that, but it's such an interesting topic to tackle as far as, far as like the main character and shit. Like, look, thing it's for something, a, it's something for that a I movie. have to imagine that has happened for a while. Like, I mean, it's not like old dads just was a new is a new concept. Yeah, but you don't do what other film have you seen it in? Chris, well, what were you going to say? Of a, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I just want to address the idea, like the idea of an old father. Yeah, you don't see that a lot in films, and that it's is the main driving really that, force of this it's film. It's not, but like in real life, I've seen old dads. Yeah, I've no, seen so have dads, I. Like in high school, he was 66. Oh, yeah, no, 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 so have I. Where it's like, how old's your dad? You're like, oh, yeah. damn, your dad's old, bro. He's going to see you graduate. I mean, one of my, one of my, friends, Seventh one grade. Of my friends growing up, his dad, was, uh, his dad was 80. His mom was 40. But wow. it's, just, it's just such an interesting yeah. topic to be like, you know what I want to write a film about? What? Old dad. I don't know if it. Put a I real fantasy he, I thing around. Near, I don't know if he nearly said, "I want to write a book about old dads." I think he. I think he said, "Like, this is a good concept because there's a great character development here, which is the dad coming to terms with the fact that he feels like he's weak, but and the son coming to terms with the fact that his dad isn't weak, but his dad can save him, still has the strength to save his life and come to his rescue when need be." And I think that's a great, yeah, that's just a great driving that. story. But you can still do that with a dad who's who's young who just doesn't know how to swim. But, no, but because it's not a, because it's something you don't because, see often, it's yeah. more it, it, it grabs you a little bit more. And I want to talk about these literary themes a little bit more too, because I th- I, I do think that's a big thing, right? Like it's the physicality of this person being old and. Possibly not being able to, I, I mean, I think, I think it's the biggest theme is just the idea of like an older person not being able to keep up with a younger person. He's not jumping in that water because a fucking younger person's going to Yeah, but do he it. doesn't know how to swim. He never learned how. Right. I mean, that's the excuse they use, but I feel like that's the, the underlying thing. And then right. by the end of it, he's the guy that fucking saves the day, right? right. But there are also other literary things, and, it's, and this is something that you only catch in a book, right? So, like, when you're reading a big, long novel, especially, like, a Stephen King novel or whatever, it's, like, you're reading something, and then all of a sudden the author goes into a tangent to to explain the motivations of a certain character. Yeah. Right? And in this film, there are moments where that becomes very, very adult. Right? Like, and one of the lines that I have to say, which is, is a big one, is when Mr. Dark is in the library and he's having that final, like, this confrontation with the father, right? And he's actually trying to now lure the kids out. They're hiding in this bookshelf, right? And he can't find them, right? So he decides, I'm going to lure them like I lure adults out, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to give them what they desire. And one of the things he desires for uh, uh, um, Nightshade is that, we see this character, this little kid Nightshade, like look at these fucking like nudie girls behind right. this tent. So it gives us an understanding that this kid kind of desires to watch more adult themes, or at least like he wants to be adult. He wants to be adult. He says he wants right. to be an adult. So what he tells this kid is, Mister Nightshade, would you not want to be in the room when adults are doing the things that kids are asleep? Which is only fucking yeah. Like you know, like he's talking about having. That's not sex. true. I mean, rated R movies, video drugs. games, drugs, bullshit, bullshit. He's talking about sex. He's talking. I mean, sex. he is definitely talking about sex. But and I'm just saying, a, there's the, other things we do. And then, and, and the, <laughs> the crazy thing about this is, it's not only the fact that he is asking this kid this question, but that 
The only reason he'd be luring this kid with this question, if he's the devil, is because he knows that kid knows the answer. Right. And which means that he knows that his mom is having sex with weird dudes at night. Yes. I think he gets it, yeah. He gets the understanding that, like, look, sex happens, adults do this thing where they they rub their genitals together and do weird shit, and I want to be a part of this thing. No, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to rub them together? That's how that works? It's a weird moment, and it's a weird moment. It's a, it's a weird moment. moment. You're rubbing your things and together. I, I would say of all the shocking lines in this film, this is the one that, like, that was the- That stuck that out was, to you the most. That stuck out to me the most. Hmm. Severed head for me, that's when I was like, whoa, Severed dude. head I don't give a shit about. Like, violence one thing, but, like, to talk to a kid and tell him, I know what you know what sex is, and I know you want this. What It's, it's like Big, the movie Big. Yeah. Except it's just like, guess what, dude? This roller coaster is just the start of it. Listen, let me you're tell gonna you. get pussy all night long as a fucking thirty year old. <laughs> like it's just a weird fucking thing to say to pimpin a kid. Pimping ain't easy, Mike. It ain't easy. You gotta start young. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Sorry, here for a player. Yeah, I, I just thought like t- for a dis for a Disney again film. for a Disney film. Yeah, shocking no. thing to say. <laughs> honestly, I, shocking. I, honestly, I don't think Disney knew what they were getting into with this film. Bullshit. No, they did. Because Do you think it was is, shocking is, at the time? This is, part of a, this is part of an ongoing track record, Cody. But no, they, they they tried to change this film and did change this film so much. They changed the editor. They changed the original music. Like they they changed the writer. Did you say something, Chris? What? This is all Disney influenced. I'm sure. I just said, did you say something? Oh, no, it's the first said, time you've you've spoken this episode. I thought you said, did you hear that? No, no, sorry. I, so I mean, Disney, Disney, I don't think they knew what they were getting into I with think this film. I, looking at this era of Disney films, from a fan, God bless them, from a company trying to do whatever they can to keep their fucking numbers in the black, throwing everything at the wall, dude. Shit go. at the wall. Little factoid from Kyle, if you didn't know this, the music for the film was originally composed by George Delarue, but it was rejected by Disney executives in favor for a less somber score by James Horner. So they changed the music. Disney Disney like took scenes out of this movie. I'm pretty sure too. Um, yeah, isn't there? There's a whole transformation scene where the carnival is actually like setting up and like erecting. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, they, if you know this, like too. the trees after, are turning into shit. After Warner, oh, they that. actually went with a young Trent Reznor to do this film. Yeah. 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 A young Trent Reznor. He was huh? he was only five years old, but he was just as good as he is. Making, now. He's making sick actually better, beats, bro. Sick beats. He's actually better. Six grungy beats. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about something wicked. This way comes. I know who you are. You are the autumn people. Where do you come from? The dust. Where do you go to? The grave. Yes. We are the hungry ones. Your torments call us like dogs in the night. And we do feed. And feed well. To stuff yourselves on other people's nightmares. And butter our plain bread with delicious pain. Eh, we're back. We're back. We're talking about something with good. So let's get into technical. Uh, uh, what are we talking about? So good. We're talking about something new. I was Thomas. That's a technical. We're talking about technical on something wicked this way, clubs. Okay. What year was that? I heard uh, it's 1983. I heard Mike had a lot of. He wanted to talk about a lot about. Yeah, Mike Mike wanted to get. I I got to talk about there. There's a lot of technical things that I. Can I go first before you go? 
like uh, I like how you introduced me and then said, "Can I steal your fucking spot?" <laughs> yes, Kyle, you can. I didn't steal your spot. I stole your thunder. Get stole it right. I do want to talk about technical, but I only had one thing I wanted to point out okay. as technical, and I think Chris agreed with me on this off off air. Oh, okay. And it's that, um, holy fucking shit, did clouds and tornadoes look just terrifying in the 80s, like special effects-wise. The cloud work on fucking point. Am I right, or am I right? It yeah, looked cloud, awesome. Cloud looks scary. Looks I don't know if that was drawn. Very imposing. Or no, what they... that, that was, that was it, I don't know how they did that. It's they the did same it. technique they use for, like, the storm coming in a never-ending story, mm-hmm. the way the uh, the tornado is. I think even in um, Return to Oz, isn't there like a cloud scene as well? Mm-hmm. There's another cloud scene from Ghostbusters. I, I, I did, yeah, you're right. I did I did see that. Um, for me, the technical aspects that I really liked, I want to I give this film credit. I don't, like, would you say that the budget was $19 million? Yeah. Can I just talk about how they had some long ass tracking shots where they're like following these kids running through this small, what I assume was a village created on a sound set? <laughs> <laughs> like following these kids, like running with these kids, but they just didn't have like a steady cam operator. <laughs> right? Really? Like, I never just, noticed that. That camera actually bounces quite a bit. And I mm-hmm. don't know if it's just because these kids are running so fast and the steady cam operator is running fast with them and he's just bouncing too much for the steady cam to, to handle. Or if they just didn't have a steady cam and they're just. This camera is bouncing. What I do want to say is that, that that tracking shot lasts quite a bit. It actually reminds me a lot of Gremlins. Like, Gremlins does this. Like, when you open up the shot and you see the whole town, you see the people in the village. They go past, the, you know, the, the barbershop guy, and you go past the guy with, who has missing limbs and whatever. Like, they talk about all these people, and it's all based on, like, following these kids as they run through the town. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a, quite a long tracking shot. I would say it's a great maybe inch. a it's minute, a gr- minute and a half, which is pretty long. That's for, a fucking great like, intro, though. And a great way to yeah. intro your it, but fucking it's also characters. Like, it, it reminds me actually more of, like, a, like an Amblin film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to say that, and I also want to give credit to... Some of the animation that I have to like imagine was a Disney thing, right? Like there are shots, especially when they're showing the town like overhead, mm-hmm. right? Where it is just it's an animated backdrop, right? Of like the houses and the whole neighborhood. My favorite one is when you actually do see the uh, locomotive coming into town with the circus. I like the smoke. The smoke the puffs is of smoke look so, great. Like it looks like nineteen thirties like. Disney sick. films, yeah, and it just settles and hangs in the air. It, it it's it's clearly animated. You can mm-hmm. tell it's animated. I don't give a shit. It looks I like fantastic. the. I love the animation. I was telling Chris this off air, and it was something actually kind of disappointed me, but because I thought they would have done more with it. But when the when the train first comes into town, you have the two angel headstone statues in the in the graveyard that they they crack and red light starts pouring out of them at little bits and pieces, and I thought. This is important that you would show me this, and then nothing happens with it again. But, was, but the effect was wonderful. I gotta say, yeah, the effect of that was wonderful. I have, and I agree with you. I have no idea yeah. what the fuck that was supposed to represent. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that was something that was supposed like the to be important. Are shattering because he's just felt like it was an energy. It was an energy yeah. coming into town. I thought they were gonna like break open, <laughs> become actual angels or something like that. But yeah, like, now become like you know the keymaster. I think all the effects in this. 
like all the effects in this added to the charm of the film, like completely. Like without it, it would be a more boring film. Yeah, yeah. If they didn't do this, I mean, the part where he's ripping out the pages and counting down the and eight, they're light, so they're cool. like light, yeah. they're like fire. But see, like, it's like singeing up. as yeah. it hits the ground. Make that noise I when he rips it out. Solid. <laughs> Again, like according. According to the wise internet, which we all know has true things on it, of course, uh, most of that stuff was Disney that sh- that changed the film and put in the f- like the effects. I mean, and did I'm a, okay a year with reshoots. That. I feel like that really didn't. Like I said, Chris, I agree with you, man. Like this film might have been quite a quite a bit more dull. Yeah, if it wasn't for these little things. Yeah, like I do feel like this film is a mishmash. Of like really good ideas and like maybe some pretty bad ideas. I would agree with that. You know, I would agree with that. Like, but I feel like those good ideas kind of make up. I mean, it really levels it out for me. Yeah, yeah. It makes me want to be a kid again and it have does. and have crazy, scary adventures. Yeah. Dude, I love their house. How they had a fucking tree that connected both their roofs, and they like huh. put their rope up so they can like get across. How the ideal tree. is that situation? So Your best cool. friend lived lives next door, and you guys get to go on awesome journeys and adventures in the middle of the night by sneaking out of your house. Yeah, that's fucking badass. I love that. I love the way they 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 portrayed these two kids' friendship, and especially at the beginning of the film because you feel like that bond is there, and then as the film goes on, and Nightshade, who seems to have a, a he. He's he's, he's predispos he's predispositioned to go down a darker path. You sure. can see how much that breaks will. Mr. Dark recognizes that immediately. He knows straight up. Yeah, like, the, he whole tells him that, the, like, it, the whole circus. The whole circus recognizes library. It. He tells him straight up, like we can we can run this right. Yeah, and circus I, together. You are the type of kid that is going to. Think he wanted him to like almost to be adopt my, my him right or hand man, right? right? Exactly. He yeah. knows that this kid, I and mean, based on his name alone, let's be honest. Like Nightshade is such a fucking literary Jim name. Jim Nightshade. That's, that's a great, that's a a great sick fucking name. name. But I love that. I love that aspect of it because it really, it really drives home the the kind of the challenge that 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 friendship is, is put up against with that. And then it just, it's. I think this movie is just written pretty well. I don't know if it's executed that well, but I think it's written solid. I think as a film, it might be executed a little wonky because it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of hands in the pot on this one. So a lot of cooks yeah, in the a, kitchen. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. What do you say we rate this, Mammer Jams? All right, Kyle, you picked the film, so what are we rating it? Uh, we're gonna rate this movie locomotives. Locomotives. Choo choo. Locomotions. That's well, the, that's the locomotion. Come let's. On, baby. I, you know, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um. I was debating this one where I was going to rate it. I wish I would have got to see this as a kid because I feel like I would have had more of a love for it. Not that this is a bad film. I enjoy this film like a lot. It's just um, when the wicked stuff starts happening where it's it's too quick and the stuff in the beginning is very heavy and I don't feel like you get like a hap- like that super of a happy payoff at the end. Yeah. Or Or do you get like, I don't know. There's just, it's not an... It's not enough for me because uh, it's it like it felt like so well developed in the beginning, and then when the action started happening, kind of fell apart. Is where for me, and I don't think it's like I don't know. It didn't. Th- I don't feel like people would come along and kind of perfect this a little bit better in other uh, in other movies. But I mean, their issues are he- these kids are dealing with some heavy shit, like in the beginning of this film. And I feel like the fun part is the 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 last third of the film, but it goes so quick that. You don't get enough fun. 
But I do think it's like an enjoyable film, and it's kind of cool watching a movie where I was like, "The fucking Disney made this." <laughs> so with that being said, I would I'm gonna give this a three point five. Like probably barring another watch. Um, but yeah, I give it a three point five. I think it's a solid film. Like, and I think it's it's pretty cool. All right, Chris. I'm giving this a four. I, I like this movie. I've always liked this movie ever since I was a kid. I think watching it this time, I definitely was more analytical about it and just picked up on so many great things. You know, I think the writing's fantastic. I think at, for the time, like the effects were were fun for a dark kids film like this. Um, I love that Disney was embracing horror, you know, and and like family films, like at the same time. Uh, you know, they came up with some pretty cool stuff that definitely shaped my taste in, you know, in film. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just all around enjoy this. It, 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 it goes deep. Um, there's a lot of themes. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like morals and messages that they're trying to give you in this. And, and I think they do it fairly successfully. I didn't feel like it was rushed. In fact, I think if I had one complaint, it was a little slow paced in some parts, but overall, I, I really like this. Highly recommend it. Mike? I'm going to give this also a 3.5. Um, I, I definitely agree with you, Cody. I think if I had watched this maybe as a kid, maybe the nostalgia aspect of it might have seeped into my brain and maybe given me a better score for this one. But I feel like since I've, I've this is my first watching and fucking well in my thirties, uh, I feel like I can see the aspect of this film where I feel like the production was was with was at odds with itself, right? Like there's the writing, and I feel like the execution of it. There there, there are just too many moments where I feel like it. It, it it was like a roller coaster. It moved up and down, not in mm. a way of storytelling, but in a way of like production value and like what it was trying to like really drive home to the yeah. audience. And I felt like that was pretty clear. Like there were moments where I felt like it was so literary and so like the 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 writing and the the dialogue was so uh, something that could only come from a book. Right, and there were times where I was just like, "All right, this seems like a really kitty, weird thing that I don't care about." Right. Um. That being said, like, I feel like I would definitely watch this film again <laughs> because it comes from an era of these Disney films that I fucking adore. Um, I'm definitely not gonna say it's as good as Return to Oz because that's the greatest film we've ever reviewed here. Let's just be honest. <laughs> That film was fucking solid. Those, Debatable. Those rollerblade killers. I, I, I will say this. I will say this. Return to Oz, I feel like, definitely had more of a consistent flow throughout the entire film. It like it tone. knew and it was trying to do. It didn't really bounce back and forth. But, you know, this film, it, it kind of felt like it did. But I will say that this film had a more of an Amblin feel to it. Like, as a kid, if I had watched this at the age that I probably should have watched this. Yeah. I would have connected to it a little bit more than Dorothy and fucking yeah yeah in, in in Oz because it's a fantasy realm and this is like a real life this is a kid saving the world from like metaphysical fucking demons and that is a thing that I feel like only Harry Potter has managed to actually pull off in the modern day the villain in this one I think is better than Return to Oz that's just me 
Oh no, there's well, there's like what, like seven villains, villains in fucking yeah. Return of Oz. This one, it's very clear who the villain is. It's this fucking devil-like yeah, character, like, and who's scared he's of almost, the devil. He's almost like Darth Vader, where he's too cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's pretty small. You want, you want to root I mean, for him honest, a little like, bit? You want to root for him a little bit? Kaleidoscope uh, tattoos are not cool. <laughs> Don't get one. Don't get one. The top hats. But are. the ability to be like, have you seen this child? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, fucking I'm glad we're talking tattoo. about that because we never talked about that. We didn't. That it was, was kind like of a, a that cool. Was, that, was a, that was a badass move right that there. That was cool. The kaleidoscope thing, I was kind of like, this is stupid. <laughs> I didn't like that it was like mid 80s special effects. What do you want? Yeah. Just trying to mesmerize the kid. But I would definitely, this is definitely something that when I grow up and I have children, well, grow up. <laughs> I'm already uh, an adult. 65. <laughs> He's too old to see this movie, but, but he's not too. Old. He's it, not old enough to have kids yet. When my <laughs> when my children, if I have a library of films that I want to show my children, this is probably going to be one of those. Yeah, you got the, this. Uh, you got Solo in there. Solo, Solo, yeah. Hundred Days of Sodom. Listen, kids, you need to learn about the hundred twenty days of Sodom. You know, a little bit, so, you know, yeah, a little Poseidon's adventure, a little sodomy. <laughs> Posodomy's adventure. Posodomy. I do want my son Pusodomy. to see this film at some point to see if he likes it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Kyle, we are, how many are you going to rate this, Mammer? Um, I'm going to come in at, uh, I think we're going to come in at a four on this one. I love this movie. I've always loved this movie um, for my childhood. It's one that me and my brother Ryan, I feel like, really made some like bonding memories over because he absolutely loved this movie and it's something that we would just like randomly decide to sit down and watch together. Um, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's maybe one or two scenes when I watch it this time that I feel like maybe dragged a touch here and there. I don't know, necessarily know if it went too fast for me, but one thing that did happen this round of watching for me was it made me of all the movies from my childhood, this one actually makes me want to go, fuck, there is actually a great concept for a sequel here. Like, they could do a sequel with Nightshade being the new Baron dark. Baron of the thing, of Dark. Because, I mean, we never actually see Dark fully disappear. His, his, his half-dead corpse is collected and carried off. Like, why was it collected? You know what I mean? So, like, it's a movie, and I love that aspect. I've seen this movie... Fucking, I don't even know how many times I've seen it. And on this time, I found something new and something interesting about it, which is, is like sign is the sign of a wonderfully made film. I think it's written well. I don't think the execution is 100% on point in terms of the filmmaking. I agree with that. It does feel like there is two people in control of this film. It doesn't feel like it has a unified director or a unified vision. But I don't think it necessarily completely hurts the film because at the end of the day, it's still this wonderful kid adventure film where these kids are fighting, like you said, some metaphysical beast, some metaphysical demon. It's basically, it's like a soft it. This movie is similar to that. It's kind of got that vibe. This is like a little more PG of an it, I guess. They're kind of fighting this this devil-like creature and character that's, that's rolled into their small town to upset their lives. It's definitely a small it with two kids and only one of them wants to have a giant orgy at the end. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like if you took the ending of it and you just had one kid having an orgy with himself. Like, hey, maybe, yeah. I'm going to jerk off a bunch. <laughs> what does it say is let's read that review. Who's got that review up? Read that review, Chris. Here we go. One of the best five stars by Bront. Bront. Yeah. Bront. Uh, Bront says, I love this podcast, and since becoming a subscriber, it has quickly become one of my favorite shows. Well, thank you. I occasionally find some of the intros a bit long, and I sometimes wish the show. Cody. 
<laughs> Wish you. the show would more quickly get to the point. Hey, that's, that's why I've been you, having buddy. these snappy intros that's, lately. I, it's all you. You've been working on it, though. Good yeah. job. Yeah. But I very much enjoy Rachel's incisive commentary on current events. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel. Who's Rachel? Is that Thanks, a guest? Rachel. No, that's Rachel. She's our best. Rachel's the sister Mike. She's number five. Yeah. Oh, I find it very. Bront says I find it very informative, and uh, the show's investigative research into the Russia scandal. We <laughs> yeah. yeah. James McAvoy's investigative. <laughs> we have investigative. Uh, what is it? Research. Research into the Russia scandal. We have been, yeah. Yeah. passes. Yeah. That of other MB- MSNBC programs. Oh. Oh. Wow. Well, I want to give. We're knocking like, out of the park. <laughs> I thought we couldn't have divulged all of Trump's tax. <laughs> uh, we tried. Yeah, we tried to. Um, so wait, to, wait, way to go, Rachel. No, I'm really excited for when Rachel Mal- uh, made out, made out, made out. When she comes on the show as a guest to talk about her favorite cold film, I'm gonna be. Really I can't excited. wait till she reads her latest review, <laughs> and it's talking about how well Chris, Cody, Kyle, Mike <laughs> cover the films they love. <laughs> All right, guys, that is our show. I wasn't show. even finished reading. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so long. Jesus, can't even get through a review over here. <laughs> I, I, if I had one complaint, it would be the use of the rustling paper sound effect Sorry, you're Rachel right. uses before each commercial break. I have gotten a little crazy about that. I Sorry, b- guys. We really turn it up on the podcast so you really get that she's shuffling her papers. I want want crunchy sound. I personally feel the sound of a three-hole punch is far more effective and much more pleasant to the ears. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that this person left this. Can you please put some three-hole punch sound effects in this? (laughs) You know what? I'm going to let the audience decide. Do you want rustling paper or three-hole punch? Overall great show, a satisfied subscriber. Oh. Well, I, don't, well, you know, my, I don't know if they know what they're listening they, to. I don't know if they know what show they're, they're Thank you for subscribing, about. number one. That's yeah, important. To something. Subscribe yeah. to something. You know, like, thank you for leaving a review. Yeah, that, we really appreciate it. It says I, a lot about You know show. what? We, here's the thing, you guys. We dodged a bullet because, you know what? That review might not have been for us. God damn it! Was it still five stars? <laughs> you know, I don't care. It I was still care. five stars. Numbers. Perfect score. Still yeah. have perfect score. Yeah. There it is. Remember, guys, if you leave us a review, we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show. Remember, you can follow Kyle. At- you can follow me on Instagram at ColtFilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at ColtFilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike at, at Mike Salusio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram. That's our show. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next week. <laughs>